This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast for visiting television, sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Auto Man, episodes six and seven. Look at this. Cohen Lyman were under investigation by Whitaker prior to the armory robbery. Yes, but according to that, the case was closed. Mm. But it doesn't say why. It could have been for insufficient evidence. But the important thing is that those cops had already been in trouble before. And for some reason, Whitaker didn't mention it. Odd, since it certainly does reflect on their testimony. Jack and the captain have got to listen to me now. See you later, Otto. Oh, and uh, thank that little word processor for me. And do me a favor, stay out of trouble, will you? Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that's going undercover as Count Inuum Drog. <laughs> that's the best one yet. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Okay, I really enjoyed that. I d- I, it's just a dumb pun, so I enjoyed it. But I'm still going to give you what's real. Okay. okay, here's what's real. Did you realize that statistically the silver Corvette is second only to the black Porsche in terms of owners with macho hangups? That was such a very specific piece of information <laughs> from Auto Man this episode. <laughs> that line was just like, it just stuck out so poorly, too. It was like, what? Why are we talking about this? Uh, he needed to tell that so he could tell who the two villains were based on the cars they drove. Uh, this show. <laughs> Uh, but give me again. What was what was what was the continuum drag thing? Oh yeah, like our it, like how Auto Man in these episodes goes by uh, Agent Auto Mon, <laughs> uh, where our our uh, our podcast goes undercover as Count Inuum Drog. <laughs> what I like about it, it's not even that like you're making fun of it. It's it's as good as what is written in this show. It's the exact same thing Auto yeah. Man's doing. Yeah, except I make up the first name Inuum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that. Jordan. Before we get into it. You're a resident Game Boy. What mm-hmm. do we got? Yeah, yeah, I am Game Boy. So I have a little a thing we've done before, but I've designed it a little different for you. Mm. And, and I'm only saying that in that I've designed it in that I think you should be able to get five out of five. So it's a guess the actor. And how the guess the actor works is I'm going to give a random role for each of the actors in the show. And you're going to pick and figure out which actor played which role based on knowing nothing. So here we go. <laughs> So here's just to remind you, the actors in this show is Desi Arnaz Jr., who plays Walter Nebiker, or what do they always call Nebish. him? Nebish. Nebish. Um, uh, listen, I can't see this, but Jordan rolled his eyes <laughs> real hard. You got Chuck w- Wagner playing Auto Man. You have Robert Lansing playing Lieutenant Jack Curtis. Heather McNair playing Roxanne Caldwell. Caldwell, I suppose. And uh, Gerald O'Loughlin playing Captain E.G. Boyd. Captain, that's a. They should call him E.G. Moy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the movies, and you can pick who was in what movie. First one. This actor played Pat Denning in the 1993 TV movie Moment of Truth, Stalking Back. The second one. This actor played Robbie Harrington in the 1978 TV movie How to Pick Up Girls! Exclamation <laughs> mark. This is my favorite, maybe uh, character name in a long time. It's a very like uh, uh, Louis L'Amour, Hondo sort of character. Um, this person played Chutch in the 1957 movie A Hat Full of Rain. <laughs> also, do you you want to watch that movie? I, I mean, it sounds very good. Yeah. The uh, fourth one. This person played Chad Danning in a 1986 episode of Dynasty. 
Okay. And lastly, this person played John Phillips in the 1972 movie that you and I watched, The Astronaut. One of these characters, actors, was in The Astronaut, oh which we watched, God. I think, season two? Season three? Season two? Might have been last year. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I can go through them again, but those are the five movies and the five actors. All right. Um, give me the first movie, and we'll just go from there. This person played Pat Denning in the 1993 movie, TV movie, Moment of Truth, colon, Stalking Back. What was the name? Chad? Pat Denning. Oh, this has to be Roxanne. All right. Next one. This person played Robbie Harrington in the 1978 movie, How to Pick Up Girls. Oh, this is Auto Man for sure. Okay. This person played Chutch in the 1957 movie, A Hat Full of Rain. I'm going to go with Captain Boyd for this one. All right. This person played Chad Danning in a 1986 episode of Dynasty. Um, I'm going to have to go with Wally for that one. And finally, this person played John Phillips in the 1972 movie, The Astronaut. And so it's got to be Jack. I think it's the only one you have left. Yes, I believe uh, Detective Jack Curtis. You got, drumroll. Three out of five. One role you've mixed up. Desi Arnaz Jr. played Robbie Harrington in the 1978 movie How to Pick Up Girls. Oh, darn it. And I thought you would get it because Chuck Wagner can only play Chad Danning, a beautiful man in Dynasty. One episode. I'm assuming he just was, I don't know, he swept someone off their feet with his gorgeous Well, I looks. was picturing him picking up girls, so that's mm. what was my problem there. But pretty good, though, still. I was so close to the clean sweep. I thought I had it. But do you remember uh, J- Jack? He played uh, John Phillips. I don't know. I looked at my notes. I still know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. I mean, they probably was someone at the NASA facility. I think so. Um, if he wasn't the lead, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we didn't know he was in two things we've seen. That's pretty good, though. He's an all-star. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jordan. Should we get into this week's episode? Mm-hmm. Here is the IMDb summary for episode six, Flashes and Ashes. Let me just say, I've said it before. I love the titles in this, <laughs> and Flashes and Ashes is great, and I think- Maybe you and I should be Flashes and Ashes. What do you think? Our nickname? <laughs> that's, that's the nickname. What was, what was the nickname we, we were talking before we were recording that you wanted? It was like Luke and the Fats. What was it? You wanted me to be a fat, big fat guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you were just, uh, I mean, it's like 35 degrees here, so you'd be sweating as much as you currently are, yeah. I guess. But. Yeah. These are the conversations we have off the air where Luke suggests, wouldn't it be good for the podcast if I became a really fat person? I mean, <laughs> we won't know until you try. <laughs> it's true. But I kind of like Flashes and Ashes. Flashes and Ashes is a very good uh, duo's mm-hmm. name. Anyways, uh, sorry, I digress. <laughs> you sure will do. <laughs> Walter's friend, Frank Coney, is killed by fellow cops who steal from an armory. However, they make it look like he was the thief, so Walter does his own investigation to prove otherwise. That's very clumsily written uh, a summary, but it's it's... Pretty much got all the beats. It's got it all. It's accurate. Let me just say something weird about this episode. These two episodes have interesting ideas. Now, the execution will be something else we'll talk about. But there's something weird about this episode. So you mentioned, I don't know, what's the cop's name at the beginning of this episode? Frank Cooney. So Frank Cooney, you meet him at the beginning of the episode. It is not a spoiler from a 40-year-old show. You will see him at the the end of the episode. But... (laughs) I, could you track that that's what he looked like? Like, you see him one scene, and then at the end, you're like, there he is. You're like, is that what he looks like? I yeah, don't remember. I mean, you could easily swap that actor out because, yeah, this first scene, he's walking in on a bunch of cops stealing weapons, 
and then just shoot him to death. Yeah, it's like it's your classic scene where like the cop comes in, they're loading into a back of a truck. He's like, "Stop!" They're like, "No, you stop!" They get a shootout. They're all terrible shots, but one shoots him, and then the, I like the one guy's like, "We killed him." Now what do we do? I was like, "Well, you were shooting guns at him." <laughs> My big question was, how many guys did you count loading that truck? There was I, at least four or five. But for the rest of the episode, there's only two dirty two, cops. I know, I know. So there, it seems like there's a bunch of dirty cops. What I assumed was two of them were, were dirty cops, and they were, like, subcontracting out, like, the truck driver and stuff. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? right, right, right. These guys were just hired to do the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyway, this is the kickoff. And, of course, um, these two dirty cops who's ki- who've killed this man, they, they immediately go ahead and just pin pin the whole thing on him. I'm not sure how that pin job works. They're like, we walked in, and he was stealing weapons, so we shot him to death. Uh, also, all the weapons still got stolen. <laughs> it doesn't quite add up. But basically, what you know is Wally, we learn, is friends with this guy. So he can't believe that this guy would have been a corrupt cop or on the take or whatever it might be. And he really wants to prove that, but doesn't really. The evidence sort of shows otherwise. And why is Wally friends with him? They, do they go to school together? They went to police academy That's together. That's what it was. Yeah. So yeah. we can confirm Wally is actually a police officer. Yeah. Uh, and also, how hilarious was his time at police academy, do you think? I'm guessing it was there was people having a great time, and Wally was just in his room, like on his computer. Oh, so he was missing out on that guy who made all the voices with his. That's uh, right. All the sounds with his mouth. Mo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mahoney was out there sexing up the ladies, and he was just on his computer. <laughs> oh, Wally. Yeah, oh, Wally. Um, yes, th- this is basically it for Wally's plot. Though he's like, he needs to prove that his friend is innocent. And mm-hmm. initially, Detective Curtis is charged with like the case. But he's immediately taken off of it when an internal affairs investigator comes in. I like, though, that they had to even add this scene. It's something that this show does over and over and over, where they add scenes to almost create a conflict, but then immediately solve the problem that they've set up, like, one scene, and it's just to, like, make a scene. So, yeah, you're like, Jack, you're on the case. The guy comes in and goes, you're off the case. Jack's like, all right, you take it. I'm like, why don't they just get the guy to internal affairs? Why even have the scene where Jack has the case? Well, the only reason they seem to do it is they really want to drive home to you in this episode that only cops should take care of cop business. There should be no interlopers <laughs> who come in. And I know. They, and they mean that seriously in this episode. Yeah. It's funny because right off the bat, you're supposed to dislike this internal affairs guy. But you're right. It's like he's there to investigate dirty cops, not having to be too connected to the cops. It makes perfect sense. But they're just like, nope, he's bad. He's bad. Also, he's got a mustache. Yeah. And it's very funny because at some point, Auto Man makes a comment. And it's the show's not smart enough to realize what a weird comment it's making about the show. But when uh, while he's telling about the case, he's just like, hmm, who investigates the investigators and the investigators need to be investigated. And like he's supposed to say it like it's profound. But I'm like internal affairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not you, Wally. <laughs> I have another question with this internal affairs guy, though, because he's got a mustache. We're going to know yeah. he's pretty sleazy and he's yeah. a bad guy because he, ha- for whatever reason, he has to be. But but I'll give them this. They don't really uh, show their hand right away. You get the senses of viewer because you're savvy enough watching these shows. Yes. Like, he's a little he's a little bit oily, but it's not like. He comes out, he's over, he's not like twisting his mustache evil, right? It's just like, oh, I don't think we're supposed to like him because he's not on their side. But it's, again, this, again, this show's not quite adult enough or well-written enough to sort of be subtle about things. So you're like, I I know what this is. Well, they do say about him very much off the top is that like, he's internal affairs, but his intention is he really wants to be district attorney. I was just like, that is odd. Is that the pathway to district attorney? I don't think so. Well, yeah, and they, and they <laughs> really to be a it's, lawyer. <laughs> it's funny they really play up. They have this idea, and it's like the writers did no research. They're just like he's internal affairs. He might be sketchy. He's also that's not enough for him. 
that he just wants to be. He has to be a politician. He wants to be a politician. He also has to be a politician, and then he also has to be maybe a corrupt politician. Then he also has to be. It's like just it's, it's, it's too much. It's always way too much in this show. I know it doesn't add anything yeah. at all. It's like yeah, there's no, no reason for it. But like you're gonna find out, he also wants to be district attorney for some reason. But I don't think he's a lawyer. So anyways. Yes, yes, and I mean. Wally and Ottoman, they are like, we're not going to let this guy take this case, so we're going to start uh, trailing those dirty cops in the uh, autocopter to see where they're headed to. But here, explain to me, Luke, the the magic club that most of this episode is going to take place. Why is it a magic club? Well, I don't know, because they, they follow uh, the bad guy's black Porsche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's And that's the line I said earlier. Because of his this. macho hangups. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get to the High Spirits Club, which is um, which is great because it's got a. Uh, That's a good. I didn't realize that was the title. That's a good title. Good title. Got a good big name. red sta- Satan statue in front. All the wait staff inside is dressed as witches. Yeah, it's just a pretty. Good well, it theme. was weird because w- when you first get the shot of the building, it kind of looks almost like something like a, a like disco off, or yeah, something. like off the main stretch of Las Vegas or something like a a lesser kind of attraction. But then you go in and it looks like a kids' party, how everyone's dressed. And I was like. Like what? What is this? I don't know why the white stuff is all. Yeah. I know it's very funny, and we're told that it's 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 a magic club where I guess magicians perform, and they go into this whole thing about how it's like it's very hip right now. Psychics and magicians <laughs> are really yeah. in, yeah, which is almost apropos of nothing in this episode. Not giving too much away, but there's a reason it has to take place here because of this reveal at the end. But it's it's almost way too convenient. It, you know, it's just like, and I I know that's a, maybe a silly complaint to have, but it's like. There's no other reason for it to be a magic club. Well, it's just very funny because they basically it was like there's two episodes here. There's like one about police corruption and then one about magic tricks. And they're like, well, we'll just put them together. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, they go to this magic club. They're they're following these. Um, they're going to follow these dirty cops in. And obviously, Automan needs a costume change so he can go inside. And let me just say a few things. One, I'm officially tired of him dressing up. <laughs> the Automan co- costume. I like it. I like the look of it. I like how weird it is. Just stick with it. But every episode we have to have him in another stupid costume. I'm sick of it. And this one's and now it's now the running gag on both these episodes is that I don't I guess I don't even know what's like a wink to the audience, a joke. So in this he like puts on like a casual outfit, then he has jeans and, and Wally's like, nice pair of jeans, and he's like, not done yet. And then cursor, cursor autographs on his butt auto jeans it is the brand of jeans auto jeans and then later on the next episode a similar is gonna happen he does a name tag and i think he was like auto man or something but it's like i don't i just don't know what the joke is it's just like why would he do that it's stupid <laughs> it's stupid it doesn't add anything to the character it's like someone who see those jeans go what are auto jeans he's like oh i made them up because i'm a digital hologram it's stupid if the show had taken off, auto jeans would have been everywhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But yes, he he just. I knew. I only brought it up because I knew you would want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it was so annoying. It just was. It is very weird. Uh, they follow the murder cops. They follow them backstage at this magic shop. Yeah. So they go backstage, and Otto's feeling a little low powered for no apparent reason. Yeah, it is weird because he's just become Auto Man. He hasn't really done much. It's night. He should be getting all his power, but they have to have a scene where he. Goes up to it's a generator. Yes, he finds a generator backstage. Yeah, and he sucks all the power out, and it like he does it too fast, I guess, or it, he overloads it, and so it explodes, and he's like, "What a rush!" or whatever he says. Yeah, it's like he starts an electrical fire. He destroys this generator, and then yeah. my favorite he gets, car- doesn't he? He gets a huge erection, doesn't he? I, I think I think if he was in his auto suit, so you'd be able to tell. <laughs> yeah. 
Not in those auto jeans. <laughs> They're roomy. My my favorite character of the entire episode comes out. Uh, the performer who's coming that night is Madame Russo. She mm-hmm. she does a, a seance every night, and that generator powered her special effects machine for her uh, yeah. for her seance. Which show. we never do learn what those were. But here's what we're gonna know: what is going to happen? That Auto Man obviously is going to be doing some sort of you know see seance images um it's gonna be much more impressive than whatever she did uh my favorite part about her is she comes backstage she's just like her generator is destroyed she's about to go on all her special effects destroyed and she just looks at them and goes well here goes a big flopola and just walks <laughs> off to perform and i'm just like she's professional <laughs> i did i don't even remember that i like that though it made me laugh i'm just like i love this lady she's like forget it she just, just, she, just, she just goes, she stands on a chair and just hangs herself. You're like, oh, geez. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, see, this is, this is also confusing to me, but Wally apparently wanders off during this, and Auto Man never goes to find him. It is weird, right? That's the weird thing about They always have to separate them for some reason, and at least in a couple of the earlier episodes, they'd have some sort of flimsy reason. Now they'll just have like one of them wander off. Or Wally will go somewhere and then Auto Man has to be like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go. But essentially, Auto Man stands against the door and listens in. And what he hears is the, the owner of this magic club is also an arms dealer. And he was working with those two cops to steal the guns. And they're going to sell them in three days and they're going to get all the money at that point. So now let me ask you something. There's a couple points I'm going to make. This is a 1984 show. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the character you're talking about. This is the first person of color we've seen in this show. Yes, I believe so. Which is kind of crazy if you think about it, just the time period. That, like, it's just, it's been white people across the board. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think a lot of these shows we've watched in general, that's generally very the white, case. Yes. They can be very white. Yeah. I mean, and also, I'm, I should say, you know, if we're digging down this hole, the female representation is bad in the show. Oh, it's, I mean, watching these shows, and we've kind of hinted at, like, how they view how cops should deal with cop things, and... And they don't really, I know they don't realize what they're doing, but like the only black character is also a criminal. Yeah. Like looking back on it, you can just see just like the toxic nature of society that was just built because this was the casual viewing you got to right, watch. Right, right. But not to get too deep into that. Uh, the other thing, so he owns this gentleman. What was his name? I didn't catch yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't either. But he's, he's he, I think he's wearing like a smart turtleneck that's all you need to know he uh he's got like a big desk where the cops keep like there's several scenes of them kind of coming to him so he owns the club yes he runs the magic club and and here's what i like but he's also an arms dealer but he also is an arms dealer but what i like is this club is not a front no it's not it's like he's legitimately running this club it makes no sense why he'd have both businesses truly it makes no sense um at any rate while he's immediately caught like some guy walks because he's and how does he get caught because he's literally just like putting his ear to a door like an idiot well, and it's so funny, too, because in the pilot, we established that Automan can, like, hear through doors from, like, several feet away. So just, like, get Automan to do it. Well, I mean, look, we're going to get nitpicky. There's so many problems when they, because they've overpowered Automan. Yeah. So there's so many times where things happen, and it's like, there's, I, I don't know if it's this episode or it's the next episode, where he has to get into a room, and Automan, like, puts his finger in a doorknob to, like, open it. I'm like... <laughs> You just go through the wall. What are well, we doing? I do remember that. And we'll just skip over that next episode. But like he has to get in a room. So he just puts his finger through the lock. And I'm just like, you can walk through the wall. Yeah. Like, I was just so mad at him. Like you just broke a door for no reason. I know. It's just they, they do stuff like that constantly in the show. And I think part of it is maybe the writer is not keeping track of his powers or even worse, they don't care. And I think the bigger problem, though, is they gave him too many powers to begin with. And it 
gets you out of situations they want to put them in. Well, right? I'll tell you this. They didn't forget he can walk through walls because in that episode, he will walk through a wall. <laughs> okay. At any rate, in this episode, while he's caught, the bad guys are like, what are you doing here? Are you listening in on our arms in the conversation? And Ottoman does finally appear to save Wally. He walks into the room and is just like, hey, everybody, we're Madame Russo's new special effects team. Okay, so here's my, th- here's my, here's my point. So they, they go like, oh, yeah, Wally, I guess we'll watch and." If he is the new assistant, then you are not snooping where we can let you go, which is like, okay. But did we miss a scene as a viewer of Auto Man having a conversation with the woman saying, hey, I wrecked your stuff, but I can do all these tricks? Because we don't see that conversation. She now goes on with her show, seemingly missing, I don't know, 50% of her show because she can't do this special Probably effects. 90%. <laughs> 90%. So what was her plan? It, did I guess Big Flopola. Big Flopola. So she's pleased. She's just like, the show must go on. Yeah, no, no. She was just going to go out there and tank it. That's what her <laughs> plan was. Because when well, basically Auto Man goes out with the club owner and he's just like, the club owner's like, well, show me, show me what you're going to do if this is real. And, you know, Auto Man and Cursor are like, Cursor flies around and scares everybody and like Auto Man materializes in his auto suit and like everyone's freaked out and like Madame Rousseau is as freaked out as anybody. She has no idea what's happening next to her. I mean, she, but you know what? She's a true performer. She just goes with it. Oh yeah, she just goes with it. And of course, um, the show the show guy backstage, the uh, club owner backstage is watching and he's blown away. I look at somebody he says, oh man, I gotta book this guy for the show. I'm like, as far as you know, you have booked this guy for the show. <laughs> But uh, essentially it works. Like everyone's impressed. Automan ap- of materialized out of thin air, does the show, Wally's let go. Although my favorite part is at the end of the at the end of the seance when uh, Automan's done his thing, he doesn't like dematerialize. He just like walks off stage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks off. It's like, why didn't he I'm like, Automan, just finish the show. <laughs> he was ninety five percent there. And uh they get out of the club, they kind of got away with it, but as they're walking away, who should pull up in a white Corvette, the other the other car that makes you masculinely. It's those bad guys, right? No, no, it's uh, the um, assistant, uh, the uh, internal affairs man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lieutenant Whitaker. Lieutenant Whitaker, yes. Yeah, that's right. He shows up and uh, he sees Wally. He sees Wally, so Auto Man goes away. Is that what happens? Well, Wally went. Wally sends Auto Man away to keep following the dirty cops, and then the a- uh, the IA guy shows up, and they kind of have a little. Like, what are you doing here? No, what are you doing here? And then he goes inside and goes to the club owner. He's like, I think that wallet guy's onto me selling guns to you. <laughs> and you know what? I, I've, we, you know, we talked about this a little before. I think actually, in my opinion, the worst power that Automan could have is letting Wally into him. <laughs> and and I and the reason is it it's too much because there's too many situations where that gets you out of everything. Well, they never use it enough to get him out. Well, of that's stuff. what I mean. But they could. But it would just kill the show because every scene you could just be like. Just jump in me and we'll go through these walls and we'll run through here and we'll deflect bullets. Yeah, but yeah, So yeah. they have to find other reasons. But I'm like, just don't even introduce that power then. Because this is another scene where it's like, oh, he's going to see me. I'm like, just enter, enter Auto Man. <laughs> just inside Auto Man. And then Auto Man puts on a suit and he's just wearing his auto jeans. You won't know who he is. <laughs> anyway. You're not wrong. Oh, did you like when Auto Man left the club and uh, everyone was so impressed? Auto- they want his autograph? His, quote, autograph. Uh. He, he loved it. Auto Man was eating up. He loved saying <laughs> autograph. Anyway. Um, no, can't they just give him a name at this point? Why can't Wally just give him a name? His name is Otto Man. Man with two N's. <laughs> but like his Jerry. His name is Jerry. Whatever. <laughs> you know? He's he's, he's got sentience. He's you've learned a lot about him. Name him. Give him a name. What about Matt for automatic? Yeah, that's not bad. Automatic. That's better than Jerry. <laughs> At any rate, 
now this we know the inter- the internal affairs guys is is a bad guy. He knows Wally's on to him. Or yeah, we know we know he's bad around. because it's not a coincidence that he'd also be going to this very specific magic club where these bad guys are hanging out. Well, and we do see him go talk to the bad guys. That's say, true. Say, hey, how's those guns sell- selling going? Yeah. Um, at any rate, the next day, Otto, uh, Wally comes to work, and he's immediately in trouble. Like he yeah. just gets called to the uh, captain's office, and he, he's he's suspended from work, but remarkably for a very good reason. Did I, you? I can't remember what is the reason. Oh no, is it because he's investigating a case he's not supposed to be doing anything? With? Uh, no, he goes in, and the you know the bad guys there, the internal affairs guys there, and he's there with the boss, and he's just like Wally. Is it true your dead friend Frank Coney? Were you giving him classified, oh, uncleared right. information about inventories and duty rosters, like implying this guy had been investigating on his yeah. own? And while he's just like, "Oh yeah, I've been giving him all that classified information," and they're like, "Why?" He's just, and while he says he's like, "I do it all the time." Yeah, procedures take a long time. So Wally is constantly giving out classified information right. to anyone who asks yeah so it is funny that like this weird moment of realism they have in this very cartoony kind of show and what we've learned is wally is a bad cop he's like actually a bad cop terrible um but what i like is also the scene that we find out that here's the only kind of development we've had of roxanne in like six episodes is that she apparently has the hots for lieutenant whitaker yes she her and lieutenant whitaker are apparently an item of some sort at this point, I still didn't know what her job was. And Whitaker comes out and is like, have you prepared my speech for me? And she's like, yes, I've collated it for I you. I know. They've done very little research as to what police positions they could have. Because they don't they don't want her to be like a beat cop, I guess. And they don't want her to be a detective. So they're just like, she collates scripts because she's a woman. I mean, they finally do in the next episode call her officer. So I'm like, it's the first I could tell that what her job is. I'm, I, I know she's a police. I just don't think... I think they have to stay vague about it because they don't know what a woman could do. Yeah, it's very strange. But at any rate, the end of this, the culmination is Wally suspended from his job. But don't you think it was interesting that they sort of hinted that Wally was irritated because she was, is some as you said, some sort of item with Whitaker. But it's not really a jealousy thing, which they kind of, at the very beginning of the show, I think the first or second episode, they kind of hinted that like there was going to be a bit of a like a, a will they, won't they with these two. And I they've got a really... Like, just drop that entirely. I mean, I would have agreed with you if it weren't for a little later in this episode when Wally is begrudging all the awful things that have happened to him this episode because he's, like, suspended and he's mm-hmm. losing his job. He turns to Ottoman and says, I've lost my job. I've lost my girl. I've lost my reputation. And I was just like, what girl? I don't even remember that. And the but only thing I can figure maybe out... Maybe it's the landlady. He's referring to... I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm just like... Roxanne's not your girl, bro. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just am surprised that that seemed like a easy episode to sort of develop that relationship. And like, maybe it is a one-sided, you know, feelings for Wally, but like they don't play it at all. He's just like, Oh, Lieutenant Whitaker is just better than me. Maybe uh, Wally's just not the best actor too. (laughs) I mean, let's be fair. He's not, he's not a very good actor. (laughs) Sorry, Desi Arnaz jr. Anyway, um, now that Wally's suspended, Automan decides it's time for him to go rogue again. Like, it's time for Automan to take things under his control. So mm. he once again goes undercover as Auto Man with two ends. Well, it's funny. Yeah, he shows up as the FBI agent, mm-hmm. which is such a weird thread that has continued through all the episodes, which is he's an FBI agent. No one really ever asks any questions because you just say FBI and everyone, like, gets mm-hmm. blown away. But, like, they're so leaning into it now that, like, 
he just every episode he becomes this this FBI agent. It's this weird like get rid of jail free every time they need it to be something. Yeah, yeah. He's come to help investigate this case, um, but he's working for a new part of the FBI. Did you catch the bureau he's working for? Uh, I'm looking to see if I wrote it down. I don't think so. What was it? Uh, he's now working for the Bureau of Psychic Investigation. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they're like, it's funny because they're sort of, um, I think it's uh, uh, the the captain sort of dismissive about it, but it's also like he's still impressed with how handsome and charming that auto man is. Because you know if Wally did it, they'd be all over him. But either like, he's like, I don't know if I feel about this, but you do seem like a strapping young lad, so I'll allow it. He's like, I know what you think, Captain. I had the same thoughts, too, but this psychic stuff is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because they want this thread of, like, magic and psychicness, but, but it's, it's no not, end. Yeah, it's like, and that's what I mean. It's like, why was he that? I couldn't tell you. Like, he could have just said, I'm investigating internal affairs, or I'm investigating, we think we think these guns are a federal crime, and I'm also investigating that there's, crime. There's a million things that make more sense than sending a psychic investigator to it's it. true. Um, Although, do you think this is where the X-Files got its idea Yeah, from? I think primarily this is where the X-Files spawned <laughs> out of. But like you said, he's very handsome. Yeah. He's a federal agent, and he he's very good at flattering. I think he flatters um, Whitaker, the internal affairs guy, by being like, we're watching you in Washington. That's right, yeah. And the guy's like, oh, that's great. That is going to help my weird career-wise trajectory that doesn't make any sense. Well, at this point, he's just like, well, Mr. Auto Man, you should come to my fundraiser for my district attorney campaign. Meet me at the country club. Yeah, so th this is, I tell you, I, I don't even know how to articulate how weird the structure of these shows are. It's just a series of scenes, and there's like, oh, yeah, and now it's a fundraiser. And so, like, this all is, I mean, we've said this before. How long was it going to take for Auto Man to play tennis? Because they mentioned the first episode, that he plays tennis like Jimmy Connors. I'm going to note a couple things. One, he does not play left-handed. Disappointing. <laughs> Two, when we finally get tennis action, it's not even about how good he plays tennis. It's about like like a silly, he switches the ball that's like a zany ball that he like controls and it like defies physics. And it's like, but why couldn't he have just been an amazing player? I mean, well, let's get into it. He goes to this, he goes to the country club. Yeah. Uh, Whitaker is, for whatever reason, he's playing matches of tennis for a thousand dollars a pop like he's so that's the thing to so, raise money yeah they it's a no but here's what doesn't make sense the actual party is a fundraiser he's brought in wealthy people who clearly support him and mm -hmm. support his political uh, ambitions uh, political ambitions so they're donating money and even if he mentions to a couple people like oh you owe me more of this but then on top of that he's doing something that could not be sketchier and there's no way i don't know what all the legalities of of donations are in the United States, Fundraising. but there's no way that you can claim money that you bet on tennis matches. So that's what we find is he's also betting a thousand dollars a game. But what I like though, is when they say a thousand dollars a game, I thought they meant game in a general sense, not in the tennis sense, which right. is one game, you know, game set in a match. So when we find out later, they're like, it's thousand dollars a game. I'm like, Oh, each, each little game within the tennis match is a thousand dollars. That is a lot of money. A lot. And he's been cleaning up. So an yeah, auto man twenty five thousand they say he's up. Yes, yeah, so when auto man gets there, auto man's like, "Well, I've been thinking about running for president. So what do you say?" <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's just like, why would you even say that? What do you say we play all or nothing? Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah. And uh, as you said, auto man plays tennis. He uses cursor as a ball and just cheats his way to victory. Which I was also like, "You're an eleven, dude. Just play tennis." Yeah, and it just I I, I look I know partially why because I think it's harder probably to teach an actor to play tennis than it was to teach him how to do an acting sequence. Uh, sorry, a dancing sequence. But 
what a ball job and also it was one of those things where you're like we've had this this back and forth is this a kid show or whatever? this is a kid show scene this is a galactic 1980 yeah, uh, yeah super yeah, scout scene you know just like goofy sports stuff yeah the ball bounces and then rolls back and the guy swings and he misses it it's very funny as they're doing this like he's cheating to win so it doesn't really need this but auto man is also like trash talking trash talking and revealing kind of stuff he knows about uh whitaker yeah so it's very funny i don't explain i know but like i don't understand what was it just to force him into admitting stuff yeah he's trying to catch him in a corner and basically what he's he's what they kind of figured out or what Automat's done is he's looked at his computer. He's gone into side of his computer. Mm-hmm. He's looked at it. And he's seen that this guy has been deleting case files, like investigations into corrupt co- cops he's been working on. Because, as we come to learn, he's basically recruiting corrupt cops he's investigating to basically help do this gun running thing. So he, like, he finds a corrupt cop, gets hired to a case. Then he like corners that cop and says, you work for me now and I'll delete the case file. Yeah. And then as Automan tells him... It's a quid him, pro quo kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll get you out of trouble, but you got to work for me. And then as Automan tells him, it's just like, um, some people don't know that the computers have a backup memory. And like his face goes white. And I'm just like, somebody didn't clear their cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the, again, the knowledge of computers in this is superficial at best. I mean, this one was like a little... Uh, like it kind of worked for me because it's like, it very much like somebody didn't hit the recycle bin or something. Right. Like this guy doesn't know computers that well. Um, but it kind of puts him on the back foot. He loses the game, and he—you can see—he's kind of uh, getting ready to like come clean about something. Um, but did you like as as Auto Man walks off of the tennis court, someone from the audience yells down, uh, "What kind of what kind of uh, racket is that?" And he's like, "It's a regulation auto racket." <sighs> but the important part is Jordan—that was a special appearance. What do you mean? In the beginning of the credits, there is a special appearance by Roscoe Tanner in the credits listed. Who's Roscoe Tanner? He was a big tennis star of the time, apparently. He oh, I don't know him. Famous for his big left hand serve, and he, he won a number of tournaments. And he he played in Wimbledon and went up against uh, Bjorn Borg, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah, I know Bjorn Borg. I don't know Roscoe Tanner though. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a big deal for a period of time. Hmm. Uh, although through the nineties uh, and two thousands, he served some time in jail for writing bad checks and not paying child support. But uh, <laughs> he spent too much time with Lieutenant Whitaker picking up his bad habits. Yeah, he uh, unfortunate cameo in retrospect. But like, there's just a big. It's like, it's like watching again when oj simpsons isn't it? you're like oh he's kind of funny in this too bad he horribly horribly massacred those two people Ugh. oh that's age badly um but yeah it just they like, started the episode i noticed there's like special appearance by and i was like who is this and like as as tennis person or something was like the credit right. for it and so um we should mention though uh to cut you off after he finishes the match he's like he's like oh i won the money he's like i don't want the money i just want answers yeah he just wants answers and i was uh, like but you take the money from the guy too and we skipped over a little interstitial scene that kind of comes in right about now is uh, well well automan was going to this tennis court we cut away and while he's getting home to his apartment and while he's at home there's a knock on his door and there's two corrupt cops in ski masks bust in home invade him and, and beat just the hell out of him beat the hell out of wally yeah just beat the hell out of <laughs> yeah. him wally's been <laughs> poor wally's been beaten up so much in this show uh, it's it's crazy and then kind of what happens is now that uh auto man has kind of beat this guy mentioned that he's read his police files and like you know he's been deleting stuff basically auto man wally captain boyd and roxanne all go into the country club lounge to like get the truth yeah and whitaker kind of comes clean or he comes clean in a way that works for Roxanne and the captain, but doesn't really make any sense. Right. He kind of explains, like, yes, that's true. I did delete some files about corrupt officers, but I only did that because when I looked into the actual cases they were that I was investigating about them being corrupt, 
what I found was that the dead cop Frank Cooney had pinned it all on them and he was framing everybody who's ever been corrupt. So I, I just let them go because they're innocent. Yeah, it was, you know, it looks bad, but it's all tied up quite nicely. It's all this guy. And Captain Boyd and Roxanne are pretty willing to accept that. And then Wally's just like standing there. He's just like, look at my face. They came to my house and like I'm covered in bruises. And Roxanne turns to him and says, Wally, you accused their friends of being corrupt. Of course, cops came to your house and beat the shit out of you. You deserved it. I'm like, I know. It's so funny. What? Like, Roxanne is literally like, Wally, you earned that because you said a cop did something bad, so you have to get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. It is, uh, in 2021, this couldn't look worse. I don't understand how you think that's okay. In, like, no, but you know, I think, but I think it's just that. I think I, you're I right. Think I think that was the, just the, that's just what it was. I think that was the time. It's just like, yeah, cops should be able to go into your house and scheme asking you to beat the shit out of you if you falsely accuse them. It's yeah. like, even though you haven't falsely accused it them. It is funny, though, too, because like he pulls the when they're beating him up, he pulls the scheme mask off and are. he sees who he is. So it's like, like it's not a I secret at all. I with you. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we beat you up. It's like, well, this is a real, this is a real Serpico moment. Uh, yeah, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. And at any rate. Basically, Wally is still on the outs, despite all of its evidence and getting yeah. beat up. They're still like, Wally, you're going to get fired, I guess. But Ottoman has a plan to get Wally out of it. All he needs is that old, low-quality VHS tape Wally has of that dead cop. It's like some sort of training sequence or some sort of thing they shot. I didn't know what it was. It seemed like a poor piece of theater. I mean... First of all, the images of dead Frank Cooney on this VHS tape, you mostly see his back. So I don't know what Ottoman's basing his imaging processing on. But the, uh, the idea is he's going to watch it and like, be able to make a hologram of yeah. him. But Which Wally... I have to say, in itself, is actually a pretty neat idea for the show. And if they'd hinged the episode on that, and if it had been structured in a better way of learning that they're going to solve a crime by fooling someone in this sort of like Ebenezer Scrooge way of like projecting right, right, right. stuff... I think there's something fun to play with, but they stick it in the last act and go like, oh yeah, by the way, this is how it's going to, all that other stuff, don't worry about it. Magic. You're like, what? It's kind of lame. I mean, they had to save, it, it's the big reveal, the uh, Tupac-esque hologram at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But no, yeah. the, the videotape they show him, and I had to write this down because I was so confused by it as well. Wally explains, I have this videotape from Police Academy. Yeah. It was our final project for Police Academy. I'm like, do you have final projects? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a final project. And, and the final project is like making a video. That's what every police officer needs to do at the end. They make a little nicely edited video. And the video is, is they were doing a sting on a drug dealer. So Wally recorded <laughs> Frank buying drugs from a drug dealer. And then Wally says, but we only got a C because we didn't catch him. <laughs> it was like, so you guys just bought drugs on video. That's all you did. Yeah. But you still got a C. Uh, it's insane but they they head over to the old uh high spirits club to set up a sting um of course with the help of uh, detective jack curtis who uh who's back in the episode he's on payroll so they have to give him something to do every week uh and this time it's to sit in his car while they go inside that was weird right because i was like oh is it a stakeout like not really he's just like i shouldn't be doing this wally but i get paid every week to do this show so here i am <laughs> yeah they go inside the club and the, the club owner wants old Whitaker, the internal affairs guy, to uh, talk the dirty cops to getting on a boat to go pick up the guns, and then they're just going to kill them and get rid of yeah. them because they're, uh, they're too problematic. And basically, the they're all sitting at a table together discussing what's going to happen. I know what you're going to explain because I didn't actually understand this. So is this the part where like, Wally's hiding? Wally doesn't want them to see him. He's there. 
But then, like, two seconds later... I, I don't know why Auto Man reveals himself. He walks up to the yeah. table where they're all sitting, and Auto Man's like, Hi, it's me, and Wally's over there. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. We literally have a scene where Auto Man and Wally come into the club, and they're hiding, and Wally's like, Oh, no, I don't want them to see me, because then they'll understand something's up and some sort of sting's happening. Then immediately, Auto Man walks over, is like, Hey, it's me, Auto Man. See Wally over there? And Wally, like, waves. I was like, Guys... Did you not pay attention to what you just wrote a scene ago? It, d- it didn't make any sense because okay. it doesn't matter that they know. No. Because they sit down. Madame Rousseau returns to yeah. do her seance. And Auto, Auto Man mentions he wrote all of her dialogue this time. Yes. Auto Man has, has told her this time he's, he's helping with the special yeah. effects. And essentially she does her seance and they materialize the hologram of the uh, the dead police officer who does, yes, as you said, a classic like uh, uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. He like points at the cops and says, you killed me. Yeah. The effect doesn't actually look that bad. No, it looks fine. It looks like it's it's of its time, but it's all right. And again, I think it's a neat idea to have taken footage in Auto Man uh, has been able to reconstruct this, you know, again, what you're saying. There's not really enough footage to play with to do this, but I think it's a neat idea. It's just, I just thought the execution was so dumb. It just, it, it's just like a weird thing to throw in at the end. And like, even when he appears and points at them, the like three cops and the, or the two cops and the internal affairs guy, they immediately stand up and start confessing to the room yeah. that they in fact did murder him. And then one of the cops just pulls out a gun and starts firing into the crowd. I think he starts trying to shoot Cooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but obviously it's a, it's a hologram. It's a hologram. Shoot him. Kills Russo though. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just her, it just, she knew it was not going to go well. Um, but yeah, so basically they confess to a room of people. So like, yeah. we got um, like there's a chase sequence, like the club owner and the AI artificial or the artificial, the uh, in- internal affairs Whitaker guy run out. They're caught by cops. And doesn't one guy run and get shot in the foot or something? What happens? <laughs> one, the two co- two cops who are the two cops run out the front door, and then one of them just shoots the other in the back for some reason. Yeah, I was like, what? I I, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I was like, all right, it doesn't make any sense. Um, the final, like, one of the cops gets in his car and drives away, and they're like, oh, we're going to need a chase sequence now. And yeah. as they're like, they summon the auto, the auto copter, and, like, Whitaker sees it appear, and he's just like, I'll confess to everything. I just saw Auto Man make a thing out of thin air. Like, it's just like that thing they would do every yeah. episode where he's yeah. just like, I'll cooperate, no problem. And then we just get, like, a chase sequence where they chase down this car. It doesn't take long, and they've caught all the bad guys. Then they go back to the station. Wally gets reinstated. Absolutely. He gets his, I don't know, swipe card back. Yeah, he gets his gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, does he have a gun? I don't think we've ever seen him carry a gun. No. But you, we always need that button where Captain Boyd gets something to say because he is also on payroll and they need yeah. to give him something to do. Yeah. Although this was actually, some, he had more to do with this episode than usual. My assumption is uh, both Jack and the captain are actors that are much better than these scripts warrant. And I think everyone kind of knows that. And it's like, well, we got him something. I feel like they're on so little, but are so much in the main cast. I just feel like they have another show they're doing concurrently. <laughs> right across the hallway. Because they're really never needed for more than like a day shoot. No. Anyway. But yeah, the episode wraps up. Wally's back on the police force. Corruption is solved. Police are allowed to still beat each other up and the civilians all they like. It's great. And maybe Wally is dating Roxanne, but he's not. I mean, certainly he's a uh, incel who's obsessing over her. <laughs> That's right. All right. Here's the IMDb summary for episode seven, The Biggest Game in Town. So is your your new nickname is The Biggest Game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Town. Town, and I'm in you. <laughs> yeah, like... Like Wallow uh, Man in audio. Exactly. Nice. Wallow. How can this be? That gun is of my world. It fires an electronic beam that disrupts my molecules. Hang on, Otto. There must be something. I need more strength to heal the disruption. More power. 
Thank you, Walter. Let's go. Ronald Tilson, a former computer expert for the city fired for embezzlement, threatens the city of Los Angeles with total chaos and destruction if his ransom demands are not met. Walter and Auto Man have to work out who is behind the demands. This is another episode that frustrated me in the sense that I think there's a nugget of a really good episode here. 100%. Or at least, 100%. And, right. and there's a couple different ways they could go. Because what you really realize at the end is like, this is a bit of a, maybe a poor way to say it, but like a bomb diffuse episode or like a, a running clock episode. There's set, there's could be some sense of tension in several different ways they could have taken this of, and maybe there are TV tropes and things you've seen a million times, but the reason you've seen a million times is because they usually work. And this show is like, we know there's a way to make this entertaining but I think we're going to do something different. They, I mean, they almost get there. No, I, you're right. They almost get there. It's just there's too much happening and too many little pieces. And it's like there's so many good shows in here. They just don't know what to go. Too many threads, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I mean, I you know I know I probably give the show too much credit on this side. But truly, this episode is just an episode about ransomware. Like yeah. it's about yeah. hackers taking over and wanting money for giving your computers back, which I'm just like, this is the most present they've ever been on this show. Like yeah. they, they nail it on that front, but it's it's not working otherwise. Um, the episode starts off at the Pandemonium Disco. <laughs> you always remember these names. The Pandemonium Disco. That's Absolutely. a good name. Because you know what? You know you're not going to have a quiet night there. Well, I mean, Pandemonium's broken out that <laughs> night. Because, uh, quote, another, end quote, bomber is scaring the city. That's right. Which, another one. Uh, another one. Yeah. Um, and uh, Detective Curtis and Officer Roxanne are there uh, with the bomb squad, and they found and defused the bomb that was in the inside of this uh, disco. And that's how it's starting. They and, found a bomb. And and the only thing I really liked about this was the name of the owner of the club, Sam Maroney. Oh, yeah. She was great. She yeah. Was, they introduce her. She seems like she's going to be main character on this episode. Never see her again. They I think maybe at the very end of the episode. They introduce the idea there's a bomber on the loose. Not going to come up again. Yeah. Till the end of the episode again. It was such a weird fake out beginning. Yeah. And as they're sort of taking the bomb away, suddenly all the power goes out in West LA and uh, everyone just starts looting. Apparently. Yeah. I, I actually, again, thought that was pretty good. It was, I think, pretty true to form. It's a blackout. Like, chaos ensues. It's looting. It's vandalism. Absolutely. People go nuts. And all the city's computers are immediately locked out and they're all just showing a note on them all saying, pay $10 million or expect more computer craziness. Okay. Here's my a question I have. The ransom note is on every computer? Yes. Because it seemed like at one point it was just being sent to the police. Because they were, like, at one point, aren't they, like, hiding it? Like, like let's not get this information out. But seemingly it's on every uh, newspaper mm. and every everything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, later on, they're like, oh, we better keep a secret. I'm like, but it's on every computer, isn't it? On Not only yeah. every computer. It's on, seems to be on any bit of technology, like banking machines and, like, screens. And well, like, I think it was, I think it might have only been on the city's computer network. Okay, but maybe. But still, nonetheless, that's a huge amount of people, that information. You're right. They right. were trying to keep from getting out, but I was like, oh, this is out. You right. Guys. That's why I thought, like, it was just a murderer's, like, you know, uh, uh, Zodiac sending letters right. to just the, taunting to, the police. Yeah, yeah, but it, I don't think it. I don't think it was yeah. either. But I will say, I was like, finally, a crime Wally is suited for. Yeah. I was like, a show that is tailored to it him. It is funny. It's funny. They've done, and we've said it, at least three episodes have been about, like, mafia. And there's been about... Uh, the computers are all tangentially yeah. revolving. Exactly. exactly. It's like, yeah, why didn't they just make them all computer-related? There's got to be enough stories. This, I mean, honestly, this basic premise and this plot, like, this is your pilot. Yeah. Like, this is, like, a computer crime. At any rate, um, Wally summons Automan to ha- help him out, who weirdly and will never come up again, Automan appears, and the first thing he does is berate Wally 
for giving them both the same likes and dislikes. And for women. And Automan's just like, I wish I were horny for brunettes, but you didn't let me be. And I'm just like, what? It's such an odd scene that I can only imagine is played for laughs, but it's done straight and there's actually nothing funny about it. Maybe it was funnier in 1984, but it is such an odd scene because that's exactly what he says. He's just like, I want to be more attracted to other people, but you've limited my scope. And so I'm angry. And Wally's like, you're too horny. Stop it. And I was just like, okay, that whole line of dialogue is stupid. But the concept of like, your creator has given you the same dislikes and likes and dislikes. I'm like, oh, is that going to be the theme of this episode? Unrelated. Well, I mean. It almost to felt anything. like they were going to the sort of like, um, what was that movie? Ex Machina? Yeah, yeah. That sort of idea of, you know, creating something that's based on your, you know, um, on your desires or whatever it might be. But it's like, no, that's just, it's just a throwaway line. It's just a weird thing for, while well, Automan to say when he's summoned for no reason. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wally asks Otto about all the computers that are locked out in the, in the city. And, and, you know, Automan, since he, uh, since all computers in his world are personified and can talk directly to him. <laughs> That's right. He's They're been, all friends. He's been chatting with them all, and they all say that their memories have been wiped and that they're being forced to commit these crimes. In fact, at this point, I believe the phone rings, and it's for Otto. It's uh, it's a computer call. <laughs> That's right, and it just like beeps, I think, is what you hear on the other end. <laughs> it's exactly what happens. Um, and it's the L.A. damn computer warning, warning Otto that it's just received commands to flood L.A., and we kind of get a sequence where the, uh, the police all have to rush up to the dam. And I, I can't be 100% sure, but I am nearly positive because there's like a big shot going over top of the dam. And all mm-hmm. this. I am almost sure these are shots from the movie Earthquake. Like oh, leading they might up be. To the, I, some of it looks like miniature work leading up to when they break open the dam and like flood. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to get a flood. But no, they get up there. And then Otto Man just turns a big valve and shuts them down. Yeah, he's like, he gets over there real quick and turns the valve. And then the cops show up. They're like, oh, the valve's closed. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I guess someone closed this for us. I, yeah. It was so weird. And, like, it averts the flood. So, like, it kind of, like, I was just like, oh, man, we didn't even get a cool disaster shot. But this aborted flood attempt causes the bad guys in this episode, who we'll get into a little later, to basically escalate their plans. Yeah. And basically all the city's computers are released. So the good guys are like, okay, we need to figure what's going on. Let's type into the computer who is the worst computer criminal. Oh, and I should mention, I think at this point, and maybe it's later, all the computer systems are are like messed up in this area, right? Like, because they mentioned at one point, uh, Wally says, they're like, oh, all the computers are down and we can't like do anything but see this message. And he says it could take days to counteract this system. Right. Uh, well, the, like, the, the the bad guys just let him go. This really yeah. said all. And then uh, while I just types into the computer, who's the worst computer bad That's guy? Right. And they get and, and they get a name. And, and not only do they get a name, it like digitizes like almost like you'd see like an old printer like line by line, and it's like a guy's face. Did you catch the guy's name? No. A Yargos Mentropolis. Oh, he sounds bad. <laughs> he, he, or at least sounds Greek. He, he he's the biggest computer thief in the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. So Detective Curtis is on the trail to track him down, which means uh, that doesn't matter. So, And I think, doesn't Wally at one point, I don't know if it's here when he ducks, but he's. I remember at one point he's like, I want to run a check on every computer expert in the city. And I remember thinking, how would you ever do that? I know. That, how, how, how would you know? And how would you, like, it doesn't make any sense. There, There's this understanding that they don't know. They're, in their minds, I think they just type keywords in and then somehow computers just bring them back this information. It yeah. doesn't work that way, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Wally decides to take the investigation in his own inve- method now because what we've seen throughout the episode, uh, and we'll talk about it now, but this is where it kind of becomes important, is Wally's been attending the local computer conference that's going on, the Executive Microcomputer Conference. I thought it was just a video game conference, like video games. It was just, like, when we see Wally there, he's just like playing a race car game, and then people are like, you really love race cars, and Wally's like, I suck, man. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, And Wally's there, why? Uh, well, that's it. There, just well, he did design that video game, that, that, that uh, Days of Our Lives one or whatever. Well, this seems to be a general computer conference, but for whatever reason, the writers only seem to understand that like computer games might be at the conference, so like they focus entirely on yeah. that. That's why I thought it was just like a video game convention. But it doesn't really make much, like why that, I don't know. No, it's just a way to introduce you to who will be the villains in this. And there's like three people. Yeah, Wally goes with Auto Man to go check it out. And uh, when they get there, Auto Man like puts on his Auto Man name tag, as you mentioned. And as he walks in, every single computer individually starts vocalizing, hello, Auto Man, to yeah. him. Yeah. Speaking in a way that no one's designed them to. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he's just, that's the reaction he has from everyone. And Wally says uh, to ask Automan to go ask around the computers. Go ask around all the computers. Have they seen anything weird? Which again, 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 maybe getting too caught in the weeds. But, but we've also seen that in this world that exists in Automan, everything is connected to some sort of internet mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. So he can connect to them at any time via the phone, via the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why even go to the convention? He could just. He doesn't even need to appear anywhere. He could be in his system communicating. So it's like, I know why, because they need Chuck Wagner to walk around. But it's just like, guys, you've written yourself into a hole here. It, is, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Wally goes and meets up with a guy he knows at the uh, convention, Bart. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a video game maker. And Bart, uh, I, I don't know the actor's name, but he was in RoboCop, in all three RoboCop oh, movies. Oh, really? Which I think is he might be the only actor in all three RoboCop movies. He's the guy that in the first RoboCop movie, he tastes the uh, the pe- the... RoboCop's baby food. He's like, mmm. Anyways, it's that guy. <laughs> but he's in all three RoboCop movies, which I, I'd watched recently, and I was like, what a weird character. He's like just a background character, and he's in all three movies. Anyways, fun he's a, fact. He's a, he's, a, he's a bad guy in his auto, man. Yeah. Bad good guy. He, he yeah. Kind of, he, he might. He, um, no, no spoiler, but he might have a change of heart. He, he might be in over his head. He's hanging out with uh, Allie, who's another video game programmer who made the games Cherry Bomb and 30 Ski Patrol. Yeah. And I, I would say of the three, not surprisingly... Um, well, I should mention one. Bart is the second person, two episodes in a row, second person of color. Yes. So that's good. And then, uh, what's her name, Sally? Uh, Allie. Allie. <laughs> Allie is another female character, wonderful. However, I think of the three, she's the least developed yeah, and she, has the least to work with. She gets the least to work with. And I mean, I will give it, uh, this is the first time I think they've given them at least compute, like they're technological, they're good, good professionals. She has a skill. I mean, they're both the bad guys as well, so yeah. here we go. And but, who is the third guy? And finally, there's Ron Tilson, who's the mm-hmm. big bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're uh, they're basically try- they're the ones running this. And, and Tilson's the mastermind, and he's brought the other two in to help him. I think they imply, or maybe explicitly say that he's really the mastermind, but they have specific skills that are useful for laying out his plans, but I don't think they ever explain, do they? No, he keeps referring to his plan as a big game, but it's not. Like I kept expecting this to be like a big like yeah. citywide video game they were gonna have to play to it, win. No, it's it's a it's, it's like not. it's like a, a a battle of wits is the game he's playing. But even that is it's, not it's what it's hard is, to say. Yeah. But that's why he got two video game people because he needed them to help him do the puzzle part but there's no puzzles maybe the puzzle was creating the code to put the messages on computers yeah i, I mean it just doesn't make sense why there's three of them essentially but they just have three of them um 
And no, and I should say it's also true because they don't give uh, uh, Susie. Uh, whatever her name is, uh, Sally, Annie, Ruby, Sally, Sally, Allie. Allie. They don't give. It's <laughs> terrible. They don't give Allie anything to work with, anyways. So, like you could have just given her three lines of dialogue to the other guy, yeah. or vice versa. It, it, was, it was very unnecessary. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, anyway. Wally immediately recognizes this Tilson guy, but is not, not sure why he recognized him. Which yeah. is, how many times has Wally now seen somebody and then been like, I recognize you for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. But, why. But he also was like, I'm not really do much to follow up. I just. Just feel hinky, um, and uh, he he basically meets up with Otto. They uh, they take off from the conference, and then Otto's just like, "Oh, by the way, I talked to uh, my f- my best friend. This computer named Zaxxon. Uh, <laughs> <he> <laughs> Zaxxon. That, he said that Ali. He said his his owner Ali's been acting real weird lately. <laughs> so Wally kind of looks into this Tilson guy, and what he kind of finds is like. Tilson was the master programmer for four other cities in the country, so I guess he like built the infrastructure, the digital mm-hmm. infrastructure, and he'd been doing it for LA as well. But he'd been fired because of budget overages and accusations of embezzlement. Uh, I think Tilson will some point will say it's like it cost me my job and my family. I'm like, well, the family's on you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, but so Wally's just like, okay, like clearly something's up. So he, he calls up his buddy Bart and he's like, Bart. Listen, don't leave town. We know you're involved in this somehow. And like Bart's like, I don't know what to talk about. Uh, I gotta go. And then I think like half a scene goes by, and then Bart calls back. He's like, Hey, it's me, Bart. Uh, I'm gonna confess to everything. No, what it is is, he says, I don't really know anything. And Automan's like, Let me get on the phone. And Automan gets on the phone and basically like, I know you're involved. Blah blah blah. And sort of browbeats him. And then the guy's like, Okay, you're right. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. He confesses the whole thing, and then kind of explains that Tilson's next. Like computer crime is going to be, he's hacked the air traffic control computer and he's going to crash two planes into each other. So, which I actually think in in itself is probably enough to work up to. Yeah, there's a couple of things, but here's what I don't understand in terms of uh, what's his name, Tilson. Tilson. Why didn't Tilson just have all these things happen at once? Why didn't he have have the planes crash and while the planes are crashing, the dam breaks and while the dam breaks, he has a bomb going off? Like, isn't that like that's a real like. If, if now let's say Automan's essentially Superman, that would be a great Superman story because Superman has all these powers, but he's pulled in three directions. Like there's that's, tension built in there. I think that's the thing is I, I think this episode almost works because it has enough material to build a much tenser episode where like a lot of things are in mm. trouble. Like it could be a saw. It could be something where like you're dealing with an unseen mastermind who's playing games with you. Like this, they, they bring up the idea of like we're playing a game. Like make this a big game that Automan's having to play. And like, he has to be in a million places at once because so many lives are at stake, but they kind of just do them episode. Like every yeah. scene is contained and, and also solves it. And not only do they do it one after another, but they're also handled in the most anticlimactic fashion possible. So it just feels like a series of road bumps before you get to the end, which again is also anticlimactic. So you're like, Oh, that was all really disappointing. I mean, it, it truly like in this sequence, like the planes are going to crash into each other. You kind of get two shots of cockpits. They can't see each other in the soupy, Whatever. And, and for whatever reason, Automan, like basically the Automan's like, I'm going to get in the plane and warn them. Because what you find out is the computer that Tilson has made the computer sensors be inaccurate. So the pl- the planes don't realize how close they're flying yep. to each other. Thus, they will crash. So Automan wants to get up, sh- let them see him, and then they will like visually be able to figure out where they are. That's the plan, right? So if they can't trust their instruments, but they see Automan, so are able to use him as like a horizon. I don't even think that's it. Essentially what happens is Automan turns the car into the auto plane and he just flies it at one of the planes. And that plane like has to pull up to like to right. avoid auto the Automan's plane and so the other plane is able to land. Now, I know it's just because the show loves dress up, but Automan dresses up like a pilot 
to get into the auto plane. I was sure it was going to be one of those like he's going to then get into a plane and has to look the part. But they're like, no, he just dressed up for fun, know, just for, for fun. fun. He had been watching the movie The High and Mighty and yeah, <laughs> wanted yeah. to do it. Um, yeah, that I mean that's it. Like it's it's such a weird scene like there's a, it's so long too like the cops show up and there's like yeah. d- there's Captain like 45 shots of just like like fog to show you that they can't see things i'm like oh this is going to be tense no it's not at all captain boyd's there with the air traffic controllers they're freaking out and like it's so funny because like basically a neon plane flies through scares one of the pilots aborts the crash and then like they cut back to the air traffic control and they're like whoa that was so close what was that neon plane and they're like i eh, don't worry about it and he's like they're like yeah okay let's just forget about it yeah it is, and it's again, it's like, why even have that scene? Don't even bother then. If you have no explanation, don't even show the scene. And it was just, it's so weird. <laughs> Bart, meanwhile, is trying to get out of town because he's like, I've betrayed the Superman, the yeah. supervillain. I got to get out of here. He yeah. gets in his car, which uh, abruptly is um, autonomous. Like, a, a, <laughs> I didn't understand what happened. Was it that, or was it just because it was like a fast sports car, right? Like, I got the sense, like, maybe he was nervous and just lost no, no, control. No. They say they've hacked the computer in his car, and now oh. they're driving his car for oh, him. Oh, you're right. I think you're right. I think Tilson has... He's done, like, what Penguin did to Batman in Batman Returns. He's yeah, kind of, yeah. like, taken over, and he's like, I'm going to drive you to Highway to Hell or whatever Penguin says in that movie. It's a sports car with clearly no computer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a tape deck in it. Yeah. Um, Tilson crashes it into a guardrail, but Otto and Wally arrive just in time to pull Bart from the car before it explodes. So Bart survives, but he's yeah. left unconscious. He's horribly disfigured. <laughs> it's, it's graphic. It's very graphic. He was pulled out of the sports car, was dragged on the ground, his face just hitting every bump on the concrete. His face just shredded. It's a real toothpaste. It's, yeah, it's just peeled off, and then Wally's like... That's what you call a face-off. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing like that. Anyway, uh, Wally and Otto uh, decide they're going to go check out Bart's room. Since they can't ask him any questions now, they'll go check out his hotel room and see what's going on, see if there's any clues there. Um, they find a list of all the phone numbers for all the city's computers. So they're like, okay, clearly this is yeah. what's going on. And then what they do is Auto Man finds a game that he's developing. It's got like a, a light gun on it. Yeah. And they clearly shot this scene, got to post, and were like, yeah. no one's going to get this. Let's ADR an explanation for how this gun works. And then have Auto Man re-explain the exact same information after they use yeah. it. Not only that, I don't know if you've noticed, because... There's this we, we don't need to get we already kind of mentioned that he, the reason he gets into the room is he uses his finger to get in and then he hides in the wall he hide he goes in like invisible in the wall but his shoes are still showing and because they needed this effect of having his toes out this entire sequence was shot on green screen so all the the background that all these people in for about half the scene is all green screen and it just doesn't <laughs> I, and it's all for this dumb gag for his feet so so the other scenes of just two characters talking has to be on a green screen. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just dumb looking. Yeah, yeah. So there's this gun. It's essentially, I believe Auto Man says it's a it's an electrolyzed and energized ray. It disrupts his molecules. It disrupts his molecules. It's from his realm, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, basically, episode seven. Is it episode seven? Episode eight? Something seven. like that? We've now had a weakness for Auto Man, other than he gets tired, is there's an actual weapon. This is kryptonite. This is his thing. Yeah, it's the duck hunt gun. And it's, yeah, it's the duck hunt gun. And it's just like... And basically, just, they shoot him a couple times and like just dis, like disarm him, but then it's like he's okay. It's just the thing I liked was like, there's clearly like heavy ADR. There's like like thirty seconds of ADR where he pulls out and it's like, yeah, they didn't shoot this. And there's like ADR of Wally and Automat talking about this gun. Like I have to be careful of this gun. Like you can't show their faces because they're not saying yeah. any of this. The bad guys walk in the room, as you said. Automat and Wally merge, so Automat can hide in the wall away from them. But he doesn't hide far enough in the wall, so his little shoe tips are sticking out. Yeah. 
So he has to step out because he's been caught. And, you know, Tilson is immediately like, hey, it's a hologram. <laughs> and Allie, like, pulls out the gun, shoots Auto Man, and both Auto Man and Wally collapse to the floor, knocked yeah, unconscious. And they get away. But then it's like, it's all for nothing because Wally just points out there's a socket near them and he just pulls electricity well, up and he's we, like, oh, I feel better. Like, we go to commercial, we come back, Auto Man's like, I'm so weak. He's like, yeah, he just pulled out, he zaps himself and he's like, and then Automan re-explains what the gun does because this is when yeah. they actually shot the dialogue. Yeah. And it feels like they've been knocked unconscious. These people have gotten away. But they just walk out. Automan walks up the the elevator and says, uh, elevator friend, please bring them back to me. And the elevator just comes back up with them and they're yeah. caught. I was like, what? It's That whole sequence is so representative of this show. Just scenes you're like, this doesn't really work and it's overly complicated. And then, but it all just gets tied up but it's like it didn't need to be a problem to begin with. It's just it's such an odd, odd show. But unlike a normal Ottoman episode, the game's still afoot. That's true. They, yeah, because if you haven't been tracking, this is now going to be about a bomb defusal. The bo- bombs are coming back at the yeah. end of the episode. Uh, they essentially bring Ellie and Tilson in. Basically, Ellie and Bart don't know anything about Tilson's plans because they're just like hired help, and and Tilson's not talking. And at this moment, Detective Curtis returns from his trip to track down Yorgus, the co- the computer <laughs> yeah. thief, who he comes in, he's like, "Hey, that guy's not real. Like someone who yeah. made him up. I I followed I followed the trail all the way to a bathroom stall, and inside the bathroom stall was the phone number for our department." That was so odd. So like, that's the thing. It's like they're again they're playing with this idea that there is a master criminal who's toying with the police. But they've only done it in this like one scene. You know what I mean? Like, in, yeah, it's, it's he's sending them on a wild goose chase, chase. But it's not really what this. Well, is. that's the thing. He, it's he's never Tilson doesn't seem to. He wanted ransom initially, and then he started wanting to threaten people theoretically for more ransom, but maybe revenge. But now also he's toying very specifically with his department of the LAPD. But up till now, why would he? It doesn't really matter. But like. They're like, oh, if the phone number is here, that must mean something about our office. And at that exact moment, uh, all the computers in the LAPD seal the building down and uh, a message prints telling them that a bomb will explode in 15 minutes. Yeah. Again, another episode this could have been, again, just kind of think of Superman or someone who has a secret identity who can't reveal it. It could be Batman. It could be Spider-Man, which is they know if they are that superhero, they could save the day or they could go investigate, but they also have to hide their secret identity. And like, that's one way to do it. Or it could just be the, how do you find a bomb where you don't know where the bomb is, you know, and you have to use the technology available or your skills available. But it's like, they honestly, there's maybe five minutes left in yeah, the episode. Yeah, we've got maybe, maybe three minutes left in the episode where they introduce this. Well, like there's 15 minutes left before the bomb explodes. Yeah. It takes Wally 10 minutes to find a corner to summon Automan. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Like, he, uh, yeah, he goes over and then it's like, and they have this whole scene where, like, Ottoman appears and then they have to hide him behind a door for no reason. And then they, like, it's just a waste time. Well, it's just so funny because Ottoman arrives and he's like, there's only five minutes left, Otto. And the bomb squads looked everywhere. I'm like, I don't think they've looked everywhere in 10 minutes, Wally, yeah. but okay. They haven't looked everywhere because what we uh, find out really quickly is Ottoman knows where the bomb is and where, how he's deduced it is that bomb from the beginning of the episode that you as a viewer were supposed to have tracked never was diffused it just was turned off purposely and it was it, there's a bomb inside the bomb that right diffused. yeah yeah it's, it's so now the actual bomb has turned on and there's only i think now at this point like 30 seconds left or something like right. that well do you know how but you don't know how auto man finds it though do you No. how does he find it he says he says 
it has a microchip in it, and it's the only one in the building that's taught talking to me because it's a nasty microchip. I don't even remember that. <laughs> There's a nasty microchip in this building, Jordan. Yeah. He's a nasty microchip. But basically, he's able to find the one microchip who won't talk to him, goes in, flips it off. Yeah, and he's like, and it's, it's funny because there's, again, almost a moment of tension here because Wally's really worried because he's like, there's 10 seconds left. There's five seconds left. Automan picks it up at five seconds and he's like, huh, and he's acting all casual. He just disarms it like it's nothing. Wally faints because he's so worried. We go to commercial and we come back. And I, what I like here is, you know, it's that button you always have to have. They yeah, save the day. Come back to the and the captain scene. goes, I have so many questions. And I, I think, I'm sure you wrote down some of them. It's like, how, how did, did you, you find it? How did you find it? How did you know to disarm it? And what else? There's a couple other ones. Yeah, he's just asking. All, he's just like, Wally, how Legitimate did questions. you do this? And what does Wally say? Wally looks at the camera and says, beginner's luck? What well, they should have had is go back to the captain. He's like, no, seriously, this is an internal affairs. Like, we need to have a yeah. conversation. About yeah, we did have a conversation. Because what it looks like from the captain's perspective, here's what I would think. Wally has planted the bomb. Wally's the computer expert. He's done all this to he's make himself w- look good. Yeah, yeah. He's or he's working with Tilson. Something, yeah, something. Gone. But they're just like beginner's luck. Dun, dun, dun. Funny. I know. I know. It's so. It's so absurd. This one, and I'm gonna say we're gonna get into our ratings now. This weirdly might have been my favorite episode, but also the episode that had the most potential, and because of the said potential, the worst execution because it gave a hint of what this show could have been like look this show's never going to be great but it could have been fun and it could have been interesting and it could have been entertaining and unfortunately it's so convoluted and structured so poorly that what you get is a show that more often than not is kind of boring yeah it's a mess it's a mess it's a mess let's rate it because there's flashes and ashes the first episode which flashes and ashes that's me and you which is a weird mashup of police corruption and magic for some reason yeah oh here's what i say i'm gonna give this a little bit higher than I think it probably deserves. I'm going to give it a five and a half. And, oh, my and, God. And the reason I think it's because it's still not very good, but I can see a glimmers of potential. And because I'm so deep into the show, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And I do. I did like the idea of watching footage and then reconstructing that to convince someone to admit the crime. I think it was I liked all that. I just don't like the packaging it came in, which is this show. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The crime is whatever. It could have been anything. The most interesting part was the idea of this magic club, the yeah. hologram they're going to make. There's this, they toy with this idea that like it's going to be about psychics for a second. There's a long conversation about psychic investigators yeah. that Automan has. And I'm just like, oh, is Automan going to be a psychic or work with a psychic? None of it comes to fruition of any sort. Well, it's like they have interesting ideas and then it gets put through the Automan sausage grinder and comes out this weird mishmash of four episodes. You're like, no, there was some interesting ideas. Like I, I again, this idea of this magic and playing with what's real and what's not, and Auto Man is real but he's not, and there's a way to like uh, pull the wool over people's eyes. There's some cool ideas there, but like this episode is like it's not very good. Like honestly, it's a five and a half. It's not very good. <laughs> it's a five and a half. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It's not very good. I think it is a mishmash. Doesn't work. Uh, you know, it's almost interesting to watch. It's awful opinions on police officers. Yeah. Well, that that got five points for me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm because elements I did enjoy, but they were Luke. I already gave you the review. It's five and a half out of ten. <laughs> I, I'm, I think I'm gonna give it a three. Oh wow! It's not very good. No, I'm. I'm. I agree with you. Here's the thing. I think like has happened in some of the previous episodes. 
The second one is better, has been better than the first. Like I think the biggest in the game of town is a more entertaining episode overall. I agree. It's it, I'm gonna say, it's I think the best episode they've done, and it's not that good. It's not very good, but it's the closest they've come to be like doing a show about the show. They're yes, yes, it's about a computer crime. It actually makes sense that Wally's working on it. Uh, there could have been actual tension for uh, Auto Man. They there was a way to. It's several like a, ways of dealing with his powers, and they didn't want to commit to any of them. Whether it's him being pulled in too many directions, him having this kryptonite of this laser, or not wanting to give up his actual secret identity, a la Wally. There's a whole bunch of different things, but they still want to commit to them. Like it's it's a rewrite away from being an episode that would be like why Automan could work. Yeah, but they didn't do that rewrite, so it's kind of a mess. Yeah. Result. So, oh, well, I mean, in saying that, I'm gonna give this again. This is too high. But I'm feeling generous, I think, tonight, and I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10. And I know that's too high. Oh, wow. I know it's too high. Look, look, I'm saying it for the record. It's not a 6 out of 10. But I'm giving it a 6 out of 10, and I'm being nice. But it's not a 6 out of 10. I, I'm giving it a 4, and I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like, we're not too far off. I guess not. I guess not. All right, Jordan. Should we just check the drag computer yeah, real quick? I it. think we're going to stay. I think you like these episodes too much. I think, unfortunately, I probably did. I kind of forgot we were on the... Uh, on the uh, the edge of possibly jumping off. All right, Jordan, you ready? You ready to hear where Automan's falling? Yeah, five point zero seven. Oh my gosh, that's so. Is that our closest we've ever come to going over the edge? Uh, it's hard to remember, but we are. It's this show is certainly taking us right right to the edge of uh, of infinity. I have here. to say. I'm I'm not trying to fix these scores, I and mean, maybe I was too uh, generous with this. But I did look ahead, Luke, and there's an <laughs> there's an episode. I think it's episode eleven. It might be episode twelve, where I'm pretty sure the plot is that Automan has to go undercover as a stripper. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Well, we can't I mean, leave before that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's a silver lining to us having to watch this week and week is that we might just get the stripper episode that this show deserves. No, oh, well, everybody, let's pray we get there. Yeah. In the meantime. You can uh, email us about Automan. Continuandrag at gmail.com is our email here. If you have things, thoughts, things, thoughts on Automan? What thoughts could you have about Automan that you'd sit down and go, Dear Luke and, uh, and uh, what's the other one? Flash. Fa- yeah, Flash. Dear Luke and Flash. Yeah. Hey, Flash is Nashes. Why is Automan Automan? Like, I don't know. What what could the question be? I'm just saying, don't, don't email me. <laughs> 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 are we looking? Are we looking for uh, dear uh, Count Inuum Drag? Yeah, d- dear. I'll respond to that. Count Inuum Drag. Right. Um, and of course, on Instagram and Twitter, we're gonna have some clips from the show. Uh, that's uh, at Continuum Drag. Is that? And uh, I don't know stuff. Magic. There's magic. There's uh, computer crime. <laughs> yes, it's like wall-to-wall computer crime. <laughs> but uh, until next week, listener. Um, oops, I did this wrong. Keep fresh, and Jordan, I'll see you next week. Keep fresh. That's how we should end everyone. Great. Keep fresh. Oh, I like that. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.